Hello, and thank you for joining LTC DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for APACN, and I'm here today with Dr. Danielle Parati. Dr. Parati joins me today to talk about home health and how collaboration with skilled nursing facilities can improve outcomes. Welcome, Dr. Parati. Thank you so much, Amy. It is a real pleasure to be here. So let's dive right in. What are some of the misconceptions about home health that you'd like our listeners to know? Thank you so much for this question. In general life, what I have discovered is that everybody thinks they know what home health is and hardly anybody really does. When most of us use the phrase home health, we're really thinking about Medicare certified home health. It is important to know though that that phrase home health gets used to mean a whole host of things including private duty or privately provided services that are not billed to any kind of Medicare or insurance at all. And the first thing I always want to do when someone says home health to me is ask them, what do they mean by that? When we're talking about a SNF referring a patient at the time of discharge to services in the home, it is most likely that we're talking about a Medicare certified program it is important to make sure because some people will want to take their loved one home and they won't necessarily qualify for Medicare certified home health. They may choose to have home health services that they privately pay for. So those are two really different categories of things and it's worth making sure that everyone's talking about the same thing. When we do talk about Medicare certified home health, We are talking about the services that are paid for through either Part A or Part B of a person's Medicare coverage. And I'm not going to go into all the differences of those two, because regardless of which part of Medicare is paying, there are some basic rules that apply to all patients. So most people understand these ideas that in order to receive Medicare certified home health services, you are supposed to be homebound and need intermittent skilled care. So I'd like to spend a quick minute on what homebound means because this gets overinterpreted, I will say, and misconstrued. Homebound really is about the idea that the person only leaves their home for medical care and other required or meaningful events that is intermittent and with considerable or taxing effort. So those words are kind of big, but I want to break it down for a minute because someone is homebound if they only go to their doctor's office and to church if going to church requires a lot of work or going to the supermarket because they don't have another way to get food. Those things don't automatically mean someone isn't homebound. You have to look at the part about 
considerable and taxing effort. So if they have to call for a wheelchair car and it takes a lot of coordination, that may still rise to the definition of considerable and taxing effort. You also could be going to adult daycare and still qualify for home health. That is not a reason to say someone isn't homebound. So the point here is to really work, if you're trying to refer to home health, really work with the home health agency you are working with to explain the situation of the patient and understand how they are interpreting and implying the homebound rule. It is not a clean, cut and dry definition, and it does require people to ask some questions and really think about what is this patient need and what is a considerable and taxing effort. The other point that I think is often really misunderstood, and this is built into our rule book, and nobody has more rules than people in long-term care, so I'm sure you will understand this. There is a little bit of a difference between what the real rule says and the way that it is often applied. The rule about home health is that the person has the needs care, they are homebound, they will use intermittent skilled care, that is a nurse, physical therapist, occupational therapist, speech therapist, in order to improve their condition, maintain their functionality at home, or to slow the progression of the illness. Those things are often overlooked because most of what we think about for Medicare certified home health is that improve part. Oftentimes there is a misconception that if someone say needs continuing occupational therapy in order to maintain the status they are at and continue to function and live at home, that is an okay service. A lot of people don't understand that because we focus so much on the improve part. It's a very important distinction and really does take a few minutes to think through what is the goal of care. As long as it needs a skilled person, then it probably qualifies. So what do I mean by that? I mean that if the only thing the patient needs is some custodial support, the only thing they need is help to take a shower or make a lunch, that doesn't require a skill. If they need those things and they need a nurse to help with medication management, that very well may qualify as intermittent skilled care to maintain their functionality at home. This is also a tricky space and it is important to work with the home health agency to understand the way that they are able to apply and document those needs. But those are really big misconceptions. A lot of people just assume that if you're going to church, you're not homebound. Or if there isn't an expectation of improvement, you don't meet the criteria. And I encourage people to really pause at those moments and look at specifically what the patient needs and get further into the detail because they may very well qualify for home services. Thank you for that answer. I do believe that many facilities interpret that homebound piece 
as being far more stringent, meaning they can't leave their home for anything. And I think our listeners are really going to benefit from that particular portion, as well as the improvement, you know, always thinking that you need improvement, but that homebound explanation was fantastic. I think that that's going to be a big thing that our listeners can take back. What does the home health agency need from the skilled nursing facility to make the transfer smooth for the patient? So I would pick up on exactly that homebound part first. (laughs) So there's two pieces that I think of with that question. One part of it is what does the home health agency need to go through the technical assessment and accept the referral? So that is the components of what does make this patient homebound? What kind of services are you recommending? Does it have a skill to it? Then there's the pieces that are about, can we meet the need? So I guess there's three, actually. The second part is, can we meet the need? Do we have what they need? So for instance, respiratory therapy is something that home health agencies try to have, but don't always have. So if that's something that the patient would need from home, you may need a different agency. The third thing is the issues of actually settling them in. And I think of this as more that concept of clinician to clinician report and the sorts of things that those clinicians who know this person can offer so that that patient has a better experience when they get home and they don't have to start over again with a whole new group of clinicians completely not knowing them. So Things that I think of in that bucket is what can you tell me about their caregiver? When we go and take someone home, their caregiver is really, really important. What does the caregiver understand of the condition that their loved one is in? What are they expecting from the home health team? How often do they think we're coming? Do we have clarity so that everybody's on the same page about how many times and what kinds of visits the home health agency can make so that caregiver and the patient don't get confused with misconceptions. We would really love to hear whatever the long-term care team knows about the patient's learning and the patient's progress towards their own goals and what are their goals. Are their goals to get home and stay home? Are their goals to get home and continue to improve because They want to be able to get off home health altogether. Are they moving towards something that is already defined in a therapy category? They want to be able to walk with a walker. They might want to be able to walk without the walker. So sharing those goals that the care team in the facility already knows is very, very useful. It's also useful if you can share things like, What have you heard about their home? Do you know if there's stairs? Do you know if they have a landline phone? Do you have any information about how the patient and family reads or maybe has reading limitations? Is there a language concern that we should know about? Do you know of any concerns from a social determinants perspective? One of the things that we often identify and then work to resolve while we're in homes are things that people don't like to admit to. For instance, are there food insecurities? 
This may not be something that is explicit when a person is in the facility, but it might be. You might know that their caregiver's been coming for lunch every single day <laughs> and that you may be able to provide us some information about how the two of them work together, talk to each other, what types of issues and concerns they have in their home. All of those kinds of things are meaningful because we're going to pick up where the team in the facility leaves off. So giving us that really good clinician to clinician report is only gonna make the transition smoother for the client. Thank you. I have a interesting question for you next. There are a lot of individuals who think home health will replace SNFs in the future. What are your thoughts on this topic and how do you see the future of home health? Personally, I'm a fairly creative person, and I see no viable way that skilled nursing facilities will completely disappear. The demographics of the nation are absolutely going to place a focus on the seniors in our communities in the next five to 10 years. We all know this is what's happening. And when we think about what their needs are, the places that I see creativity and opportunity is for more and more coordination and communication and opportunities to create ways that we can improve the ability for people to have short-term stays in non-hospital settings and return back to home in different states of health and wellness. I really cannot see a future without any facility-based senior care. And I say that for a whole host of reasons. The first one is our workforce challenges. From a strict demographic perspective, we have more people retiring than we do in entering and in the workforce. Particularly with our last couple years of COVID experience, the workforce challenges that we are facing in direct caregiver roles are critical and growing. The challenge of finding enough people to provide this level of care is going to be something we're all going to have to work at together. And on a more personal note, I think about the care needs of people as we age and the huge variety of who we are as Americans. I think about the last 10 years of my own grandmother's life with Alzheimer's and how we kept her at home for as long as my family could possibly have provided the level of care she needed. And nobody thought that she would be so well cared for that it would be 10 years living in that facility, but it was. She could not have had that level of care at home with her family caregivers. It's exhausting and it's physically draining. And I have to say, I am personally so grateful for those 10 years where she lived happy and healthy and was so well cared for. I cannot imagine my mother who had been her primary caregiver, she would not ever have been that successful. In 10 years, there were only two hospital admissions. Had my mother been trying to do that at home, 
I'm quite confident both my mother and grandmother would have had hospital admissions. So for me, the opportunity is not about home health taking over for a long-term care facility. I think that that idea gets in the way, honestly, of our ability to collaborate together. For me, the opportunities are how do we continue the conversation and get the right care for the right people in the right place? How do we look at what an individual will most benefit from and work together to provide that? The ideas of breaking down some of the barriers on the regulations and it's 60 days or it's in home health for an episode or it's 300 days in a acute sniff stay or you need a three-day hospital stay before you can get it. Those are the types of barriers that I think we have the opportunity to work together and break down and make more flexible to incorporate individual needs and allow the two industries, home health and SNFs, have different conversations about how we serve the whole population and help people move back and forth into what they need and what's safe for them. So I'll say it again, I am not one of those people who think there's <laughs> any worry to lose SNFs. I couldn't imagine a world without them. There are people who are always gonna need that level of continuous 24-hour care that is beyond what we can ask of family caregivers. Family caregiving is really hard and we are going to need those opportunities. And so that's where I come down on it is that the collaboration is about how do we break down the barriers and have different conversations about what criteria meets patient needs in what places. It's not about an either or question to me. I really appreciate that explanation. And like yourself, Danielle, we have a very similar story, although mine is my father. My mother was the caretaker for my father with Alzheimer's. Also, she kept him home for 10 years. But I always look back and think, to what cost? Because it took a toll on her. And he was placed in a skilled nursing facility. And I am so grateful for the care he received in that skilled facility that you know, my mother was able to come and visit him. And like yourself, I do believe that there is a place for skilled nursing facilities. There's a place for home health and totally agree with you that there is definitely a place for us to collaborate on and maybe even create some kind of hybrid of care to, you know, appeal to every person. Is there anything else that you would like to share today with our listeners? This has been just fantastic. I think, Amy, that what I am so excited about and so grateful to actually have discovered a pack and truth is I didn't know much about the organization until a few <laughs> yeah. months ago. And I think that that's the message that I most want to send is that we all in what is currently called post-acute have a real opportunity to challenge the idea of even being post-acute we have the opportunity to collaborate and talk to each other in these very strongly nurse, non-physician driven environments, nurses and therapists, where we are focused on health and wellness that is different than the medical model of a hospital. And that if we can join our forces, if we can be having a shared conversation, 
we will have so much greater impact on the way care evolves for our communities. And let's face it, some of us are going to fit in this bucket. <laughs> okay, So I am being a little bit selfish and thinking, I don't want the care in my senior years, in my retirement years, driven by my illness and the hospital. I would like my care driven by my health and my wellness and my positive functionality. What can I do? And that's a conversation where SNFs and rehab and home health and even hospice can have a very different conversation and really make new spaces for all of us as we age. So I'm just so grateful that you invited me to talk and I look forward to doing more of it. Thank you so much, Amy. Well, thank you. Our listeners are going to love this. And I would love nothing more than to collaborate in the future to create the models of care that we ourselves want to see as we age. So I'm on board with you. We'll start a movement. (laughs) We shall. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse leaders, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC DON Chat Podcast. Heard the news about how you can improve quality care and increase efficiency with Ability? Ability offers a range of applications to simplify the complexity of healthcare allowing organizations of all types and sizes to spend more time on care and less time manually collecting, analyzing, and reporting data. This allows you to remain in compliance while making data-driven decisions that benefit residents. With Ability, your facility can improve resident outcomes, optimize reporting data, enhance reimbursements, and much, much more. Discover what Ability has to offer at abilitynetwork.com slash apacin. 